Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ben, Robin, Robbo. Streaming across the globe, Ben Norris, Rob McKnight, and David Robinson. Ben, Robin, Robbo. Welcome to the Ben Robin Robbo Show. Here's Rob McKnight. Hello there and welcome to the Ben Robin Robbo Show. There is some big breaking news I want to share with you in a moment. But first I'll bring in my two lovely co-hosts. Benjamin Norris and David Robinson are with us. Hello boys. Benjamin, it's a lovely Tuesday. It feels like Friday to be honest. <laughs> Does it feel like Friday because you're desperate for a drink or does it feel like Friday because this week has been a lot? Uh, a bit of column A, a bit of column B. Robbo, how are you feeling on this fine day? Uh, very well, Robbo. I, I think you can tell from my picture here that I'm very tanned. I'm enjoying the Queensland sun uh, and I just can't wait to get into this wonderful show that we call the Ben, Rob and Oompa Loompa show uh, with me taking care of that oompa There you loompa. go, fixing oompa. up live on air. That's not bad. That's the fun of the show, isn't it? We, it just happens. Mm. never know what's going to happen. It's all fun. It's all excitement. Well, and I, we bring I, you breaking news. I want to be honest with our viewers because the reason we haven't done our full tech checks just now is because there is some big yeah. breaking news Huge. out of Channel 10. There is going Correct. to be some major redundancies at Channel 10. This has just come through in the last 10 minutes. These redundancies especially take place in the newsroom, some at Studio 10 where there will be on-air lineup changes. We can also reveal that the changes mean that the news for Perth, Adelaide and Brisbane will no longer be presented out of those states. Uh, Brisbane and uh, Perth will be presented out of Sydney and the Adelaide news service will be presented out of Melbourne. These are significant changes that will result in job losses. Ross Dagan, the head of news at Channel 10, has just released these in the last, as I say, 10 minutes. There was a staff meeting where these changes were announced. There have been some rumours of changes coming to 10 News and specifically Studio 10 that TV Blackbox has been aware of. That's the TV website we run. I'm going to bring you up to speed with Studio 10 in a moment, but first, Robbo, I want to come to you because Explain to our viewers why this is significant. Well, this is massive, Rob. So if you're living in Perth, uh, Brisbane or Adelaide, you will no longer have a local presentation or a local presenter uh, doing the news for you. This is a big thing because, you know, pretty much Australian television has built its, you know, its reputation on the fact that there are local bulletins. Obviously, regional Australia has lost many of those throughout the years. But this is a big thing for major capital cities that there will not be a news presentation service in those cities. Now, we've got to remember, uh, Channel 10 tried this a while ago. Ago. 
show where they did uh, the Perth News from Melbourne. It didn't work. Uh, you know, they fell way mm -hmm. behind in the ratings. It was a disaster. Uh, so you've got to imagine that things are pretty bad uh, in that environment, or they think it is, for them to try it again on all of those major markets. Now, Brisbane is the third largest city in Australia. It's a massive market uh, for 10, massive market for media. Uh, and they're now going to be presented from Melbourne, the, the, Sydney, rather. The weird thing is, though, Robin, I think you'd understand... People just know, like, you know, they know that television comes from a studio and things like that, but it's weird with Australia. They just know that it's not from them. So even there'll be, there will still be local news gathering, there'll still be local reporters, cameramen, editors, things like that. Um, it might be presented by someone from their city. And Rob, I'd like to know your thoughts, but that, that's always been a big sticking point for this country, even after 60 years of having television. Yeah, parochialism in this country is still a very big deal. People like their local news in their local city. Uh, the idea that Brisbane people in Brisbane will be getting their news from Sydney, and especially Perth from Sydney, mm, um, is, a, is a very big deal. Now, well, where 10 do have an advantage is Narelda Jacobs is an ex-Perth newsreader. She was the 5pm newsreader in Perth. So I assume, and I'm jumping to conclusions, that they will put her in that chair and try to have that consistency. Uh, TV Black Box can reveal that the presenters of Brisbane... Uh, 10 News in Brisbane were told a little earlier that they would no longer be required to read the news service. Uh, we are still waiting, and I'm looking down at my phone because we have clarifications coming through. This is a developing story while we are on air, so there are some clarifications coming through while we find out. Uh, but we've been through this, Robbo. We've been at Channel 10 when there have been redundancies, and it's not a nice thing. No-one is celebrating this. It's bad for the industry. It's bad for the viewers. You cannot get the depth and breadth with, as you reduce your workload. Channel 10 had already done this, where they went to a system, they reduced their news budget by millions of dollars and had fewer crews on the road. It seemed with the takeover of CBS that they were increasing, and, you know, they've got that fancy new set in Sydney, which just looks magnificent and we thought there would be a new revolution for 10, but it does appear to be short-lived. Uh, it sure does, Rob. I worked at 10 for uh, 13 years and I'd actually been through this kind of thing about three or four times. Uh, they're really scary. Uh, the morale just drops. You can imagine a massive grey cloud uh, moving over everyone. It really is one of the worst things. You and I went through, I think, probably two of them uh, at the time. But, yeah, I would say three or four in my 13 years of being at 10. Uh, it, it is really sad because, and I know every, everyone says this, but it's true, um, 10 does have this one wonderful community to it that I believe I worked at seven. Uh, it wasn't there. Uh, and I, I've heard that nine is a little bit different as well. But 10 oh. just had this kind of very big community feel. I just said that I didn't work at nine. I'm just judging <laughs> seven and 10. Um, but definitely seven doesn't have that kind of um, uh, that community feel as 10 does in both, uh, you know, Brisbane, where I worked in Sydney as well. Uh, this is really tough and it takes a long time for that morale to boost. But it only boosts when the company goes, hey, guys, you're doing a really good job. We're going to invest more into it. This is a yeah. really sad day. And, I, I'm, you know, people can say things about what they think of what I think of 10. I love 10. I really do. 10 were, were amazing to me. They were fantastic. I've, you know, really on a whole with management, I've got no 
um, complaints. Um, but you know they, what, Robert? The you know, thing everyone's is doing the it tough. television market is struggling at the moment. The advertising market is way down. COVID-19, it was already down before COVID-19 had an impact, but now everyone yeah. is shutting up shop. Businesses can't open. They're not spending money on advertising. I just want to bring us up to speed with Studio 10, which we mentioned. I have a statement from 10. There will be some changes to the presentation of Studio 10. It will continue to air weekdays from 8am to 12pm. As a result of the restructuring, some on-air presenters, journalists and operations staff will leave Network 10. The network would like to thank those people for their dedication and hard work. You know, it now, is a difficult Rob, Rob, time. Go on, Robert. Yeah, Rob, can I ask you, you were saying that the Brisbane found out uh, before the announcement, but would it, it would appear possibly, or do you think, I want to know your thoughts, have the Studio 10 people been um, told... Uh, but, you know, given some time to breathe. I just thought it was kind of weird and, and almost disrespectful that you announced that people are leaving. I hope that they knew beforehand. Your thoughts? Well, we, we don't specifically know who's leaving. Look, I'm not going to lie. I've heard some whispers recently. They were whispers I didn't pay too much attention to. Um, I have a personal connection to that show. A lot of people who watch Studio 10 watch this show because of That's your right. and my connection yeah. to that program. Sure. And this is not... Uh, a happy day. I'm pleased to see the program going. I'm interested to see what they mean by these changes. Studio 10's a pretty lean, mean machine as it is. Um, mm. There's not a lot of fat to cut out of that show, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. All we can really do is now watch this. Go to tvblackbox.com.au for the latest on that one. If we hear any more, we will bring it to you throughout the show. Um, and I am... Uh, uh, you know, I'm getting messages come through. That's why I'm looking down at my phone, people telling me that there's redundancies at 10 and cuts. Um, and we will keep across it because people will start to feed information through to us. And it's yeah, just a really Rob, sad Rob, day. No one celebrates this kind of news. No, and Rob, I think that's really important for us. I think there's an idea out there, uh, you know, that we just despise Channel 10. We hate Channel 10. We, Not at it, all. It, it couldn't be further from the truth. It, it, it really, really couldn't. This is not showbiz pandering. This is genuine. I know that you feel the same way. I feel the same way. We had a lot of great years at 10. Um, and, I, you know, when we say it's sad, it is really bloody sad that mm. this is happening because as well as, you know, liking Channel 10, we also love the local media. And this is whenever something like this happens, it affects everyone, whether you're newspaper, uh, you know, television, radio, it, it affects everyone. And it's a sad day for everyone. It absolutely is, and we have a great relationship with Ten. We get the Mars Singer celebrities. We've got um, Peter uh, Mark Fulapusis, who was eliminated from the Mars Singer last night. Will be coming up on the show, uh, so yeah. you know, like, uh, hopefully Ten can stay strong because a strong network is a good network. Um, it's just interesting that. Even CBS is uh, suffering, you know, during these tough, tough times. But, look, oh. there is a lot of other news happening. We get addicted to TV because of our TV backgrounds. But <laughs> let's bring you up to speed with what's happening on the COVID-19 front. And today's headlines include there have been 19 deaths in Victoria overnight with 331 new cases reported. This morning, Premier Dan Andrews faced a tough grilling during a parliamentary inquiry in the government's handling of the crisis. In New South Wales, there have been 22 new cases reported 
with eight of those cases linked to a new mystery cluster at a school in Sydney's northwest. And good news in Queensland, where it's been 10 days since any new cases. And those two teens who crossed the border illegally have been tested for COVID-19 and the results have come back negative. And there's another little point you can see on that where it says reports medical staff were forced to buy their own PPE. Um, that is a breaking story in the Herald Sun today and we'll, uh, we will certainly look towards. But, um, Robert, one of the things that got me about that... Um, is I watched some of the parliamentary inquiry into with Dan Andrews this morning, and it we keep talking about, and especially Ben with you in um, Melbourne, sorry, we keep talking about this political point scoring. That inquiry that I saw, these ministers had their points ready. They didn't care what Dan Andrews said in response. They just wanted to get their thirty second bite away for the the nightly news, I thought it was really poor form. If you, They wouldn't even let him finish answering his questions before they interjected. Yeah, but, yeah. but, but at what point, though, do we start saying we want answers? Oh, uh, we spoke course. yesterday about uh, the health minister doing the I'm sorry if I haven't done enough, self-pity kind of thing. This is where the tide needs to start changing. Now, I understand that this is a pandemic that people haven't dealt with before. Uh, you know, you, you, you're just feeling your way in a sense. But at the same time, uh, I kind of get the opposition here because they're, they're voicing uh, the opinions of a lot of people, not only in Victoria, but in Australia, really. Bloody hell, answer the questions. Like, if, if the judiciary, the, the, sorry, the judicial inquiry has said, yeah, you can answer questions, you can no longer hide behind that kind of political fort saying, um, you know, we can't answer it because it's before an inquiry. When the head of the inquiry, which is unusual, remember, because it's always a wonderful kind of uh, wall to be put up where they say, well, we can't answer any questions before the courts. For the court to say, or the, this inquiry to say, no, no, you, you, you bloody can answer questions, and then you don't, I, I question the validity of the staffers who work for Dan Andrews because if their message is still to him or if he still thinks it's the right way to go is to brick wall and go, no, we can't answer questions. You, no, you will get more authority in Australia, and this is what I don't understand, where politicians just don't bloody do this. You will get more authority if you go... Uh, look, yep, yeah, this happened, this happened, we, we, we take it, you know, we, we take responsibility for this and that, as opposed to going, well, we can't talk about it, no, we can't, it's before the inquiry, well, I can't answer the question. Yes, you can. And, and I think that's where the tide is turning now. But, Ben, the thing that got me about this inquiry, what I saw this morning, was that it wasn't about getting answers. It was about cheap political point scoring. That's how it came across to me. And this is the key. Uh, Robbo's right. We do need answers. Of course, we want to know what happened with the quarantine situation. Um, but we also need to see that the guy they're asking the questions of is allowed to speak. It just seemed like political theatre to me. Yeah, it certainly felt like that. I mean, we were waiting for uh, Dan, Dan Andrews to come up with... Uh, you know, he's always been very factual you know, with what information he's trying to get out. He's also taken a lot of time to answer all the questions of the media, which I think is a lot of respect that Dan Andrews has offered back. And I would say I've been watching those press conferences and feeling like there's a lot of repetitive questions going on. And I just Because he's wonder... not answering the questions. This was different, though. This was not a press conference. This was a parliamentary inquiry that was happening Which he should Zoom answer course. the questions. Which he was. He was trying to. And people... He doesn't... I've, I've got to stop you there. You're talking about theatre politically, and I, I understand what you're saying, but when you've had a parliament and a government continually say, well, can't answer that, or can't do that, well, no, I can't talk about that, you're obviously going to get an opposition in a very healthy and robust democracy going, well, hold on a minute, 
answer the bloody question. You don't answer questions in media conferences. You're still not answering questions in Parliament. The health minister said, oh, no, I can't answer the questions when Parliament sat on Monday. I can't answer the questions. Uh, and yes, then you get I, to I the judicial inquiry. That. I do agree. And I just think, no, no, hold on. The, sorry, not to you, Rob, but uh, as in... <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean hold on to you. Sorry, I didn't mean hold on. But I was just saying that... There's got to be a time in opposition, and opposition is very important, whether whether you're Liberal, Labor, it doesn't matter. Opposition is a very important part of democracy in Australia. And for weeks, we have got nothing. We've either got excuses that we can't answer it, and now we're just not answering things in Parliament. No, I understand why an opposition would go bloody hard on these people, because we still don't have answers. What, it, what, what, was it Monday, yesterday, uh, that the Judicial Inquiry said that, no, no, you can answer questions. Yes, that's right. And we're still not getting questions. Well, we're still not getting answers. I'm on this the verge of questions ringing today. the bell. <laughs> I have never heard anyone speak so much in my entire life. I'm very, very passionate today, Robbo, so I think... Uh, yeah, there's definitely some answers that you want from Dan Andrews, but can we just summarise that just really quickly? What say are, what's the number one question that you're wanting him to answer that you feel like he's not answering? Oh, good question. I want him to answer questions about what happened with the hotel quarantine because uh, science has proven it, reporters have proven it, uh, you know, other people have proven it that. But isn't that, that what the was pretty is much doing? the. But they're not answering the question. But they so will. when they're doing says the inquiry them, so they can answer the question. No, 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 no. This is a bloody... Oh, I was about to swear then. Uh, this, is a bloody <laughs> democ- this is a bloody democracy. Right. So when media front up to the Premier and say, what about this, this and this, and then you hide behind a judicial inquiry, no. Uh, now, you can uh, only do that... I understand I, that you can do that for a little bit, but you can't do that till now. Even after the person who's heading it says, no, you can talk about it, all of a sudden the excuse doesn't count, and then they're still not answering questions. Well, just like Parliament, your time is up. We've rung the bell. (laughs) (laughs) Because, and I'm almost too scared to do this, because we're going to talk a little bit more about it, because this is one leak that we're sure the Victorian government wishes they had a big enough patch to cover up. A video leaked to the Herald Sun newspaper shows the CEO of Global Victoria congratulating her team on the work they had done in creating the hotel quarantine system in Melbourne. The video was filmed in April, and the work she spoke about is now subject of that full digital inquiry we've talked about. Take a look. But I might just take a moment now to talk about the quarantining process um, and how, while there's been lots of challenges, it's just been an extremely rewarding project to work on. Uh, Gunul Serbest is used to managing overseas trade missions to advertise Victoria, but with less than 24 hours' notice, she was asked to lead what would become a massive COVID-19 blunder. But it would be worse than both Mrs Serbest and Paul Stagg, Director of Trade at Global Victoria, probably wish they didn't say. So it's been a really interesting and complex uh, project, but um, something that I think we'll look back and um, really think about as something that's been really rewarding. And the fact that we've been able to help slow the spread of coronavirus um, makes us feel really proud of the work that we're doing. My role involves coordinating entry into the hotels and exits from the hotel. Oh, Ben, 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 Ben. this is not good, is it? Oh, my goodness. Well, look, it's not good, but, I mean, it's all one of those things when it comes down to hearsay. I think that the Dan Andrews government certainly didn't want hotel quarantine to erupt the way that it did, and certainly the people that are trying to motivate their staff 
also didn't realise the blunders that were being made. I don't think it's necessarily the right thing to do is to dig up something from April and then thump it into the news the way that the Herald Sun has done. I guess it does yeah. look really jarring now. It does look really jarring. But just like any company that I've ever worked for, when it comes to the people from above, they need to motivate their staff. And all we simply saw was a woman trying to talk to her staff and motivate them in a time of hardship. And I think ultimately what she didn't realise at the time was she was sitting on a really big time bomb. Uh, yeah, look, I, I think that's I, fair I, enough, actually. Yeah. I, I agree wholeheartedly with Ben. When, when I saw this, it's from April. Uh, this is where the media doesn't help. Uh, where they pretend to be warriors for what's happening. But to get a, get a video from April, do you think that they would send out that video now? No, of course they wouldn't. So to, to pull it up and say, look at this video, I agree with Ben completely. This is really unfair. Uh, they were doing what bureaucrats and what public servants do. They put things out. They, they're saying the jargon. I think the jargon was the most annoying thing out of that, talking about teams and activating <laughs> um, systems. Where, sorry, you're just checking people into it. But I, I, I really think this is massively unfair, massively unhelpful, and just a, 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 another piece of evidence that goes towards the fact that the Murdoch press doesn't help, it only hinders. Look, it, it's a legitimate story. That's that's. I actually think that's unfair it's to say. It's not Robert. a legitimate story, Robert. Rob. It's it, Rob. It's from it is a April. Legitimate story. But it's it is from a April. Story. These are the people. It's like, it's but it's like what are you saying. Out of Sorry, uh, Robert. Robert, I'm going to have to interject. These are the people who were in charge of the quarantine system. They put out a video, big noting themselves. And while I think yes, April. it's really unfortunate. It is unfair to accuse a media organisation of doing something bad when this... If I had this story, I would have been reporting on it because it but shows you put the a... delusion that was faced by the actions taken because what they're saying does not match up to what happened and that is a story. I understand that, but what I'm saying to you is with the headline, the headline says that this video is coming out, it's, it's self-congratulatory, like, wonderful, oh, look at us. And then you read in the second paragraph or the third paragraph, Possibly, uh, this this it, it's almost like a whisper, Rob. Uh, uh, you know, this this video was uh, filmed in April, way before any of the problems. So, oh, but but how awful are these people? They're they're self congratulating themselves. You know, they think they've done a great job. At that point, they did do a good job. But obviously, there are questions to be asked afterwards. But this idea of saying that something that was recorded two years ago, which it wasn't, but uh, you know, or I can't think of a good example. But this idea that you can dredge up something from the past and paint it with the paints of the present is not real. It's, it's, it's just not right. Robert, you can't do can that. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask Go you ahead. a question? What sort of coffee did you have this morning? No, but I'm just excited <laughs> about these topics, Ben. I Wow. I want to get some of that coffee. But, but, Ben, you, you said the same thing, which I agree with you, is that this was a video from April that's being leaked now. So we're looking at this video with the lens of the present time, which I think is unfair. Yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, as I did five minutes yeah. ago.
No, I know you did, but um, we're just trying to fill time because Rob keeps looking down, so we don't know yeah, what we're no, doing No, I, I, I thank you for doing that, guys. I want to go back to our breaking news story uh, from a little earlier on Channel 10 because there are new details coming through. So we mentioned the fact that there would be some presenter changes at Studio 10 and 10 News. So it looks like uh, Mumbrella is now reporting that Kerry-Ann Kennelly will not yeah. be part of Studio 10 going forward. Natasha Belling will not be part of Channel 10's and uh, Studio 10. Joe Hildebrand, uh, an original face of Studio 10, is said to be in talks with Channel 10, so his future looks in doubt, which would just be devastating. Joe does a great job on that. That would be terrible. Yeah, he really does. And one of the biggest shocks of all is it looks like weatherman Tim Bailey, who has been a fixture of that news service for many, many years, will be going. And that does tie up to other bits that I saw where Ten mentioned having a meteorologist as the weather presenter. Um, That will be devastating to Tim Bailey, who who lives and breathes Channel 10. He's given his life to that network. This this is an amazing man. And this is the thing, this idea of having, having... to have a meteorologist present the weather for Christ's sake do you actually believe people that presenters on television uh, fully know every single thing that they're doing it's all about presenting if you want to get meteorology go to the bomb website and you can get it from there Tim Bailey is an absolute bloody treasure if you look at the ratings of 10 news first 10 eyewitness news 10 news uh, you'll always see a bit of a bit of a spike Um, when Tim comes on because of his wonderful way of presenting the weather. He gets the information across and it's done in a really friendly, warm kind of way. Once again, now I'm going to turn on Channel 10, once again, these people (laughs) don't know how to handle on-air talent. If Joe Hildebrand... You don't know the decision's going on because... Oh, sorry, Rob, but... Sorry... Rob, you said to work, us on the show before. Uh, no, hang on, hang you on. You said on this show before that we need to have our opinions. This is mm. my opinion. I understand, but I'm. Oh, not I going think to that do that's it. outrageous. I understand that, but let's look at what's going down from a financial point of view. They've said weather will become a national fixture. So, what's their point of difference if they can't have localised weather presenters? A meteorologist. There's some value in that. What's the I don't other think thing there is because. Because I'll tell you right now, because they even here in Brisbane uh, on Seven News, they they you know say that their weatherman is a meteorologist and blah blah blah. That's all fine. That market's covered. Remember how Channel Ten used to be a difference. Now you can have these straight guys who can't like you, you wouldn't want to meet them at a party. Bloody hell! Because Jesus Christ, you'd fall asleep whilst talking to them. But you've got Tim Bailey who can wonderfully be warm with the audience. He's got some great catchphrases. That's the bloody difference. This idea of going down the bloody track of, let's get a meteorologist who's there and there's some north and southeast. Through fear of um, getting you upset because you've obviously had a lot of coffee today. Um, (laughs) (laughs) To say the least. Um, Maybe I'm just passionate about media, but go on. I I do love your passion. Can I just also say to you, Robbo, and can I just say to Rob as well, just because I haven't really had a chance to speak but I just was going to say I completely understand where you two must be coming from because it would be really hard you both are extremely passionate about Channel 10 yeah. You're ex- you have very close relationships with these people and I think today is a hard day so for anyone out there that might be watching this and thinking Robbo's you know going on a bit you know it is really hard because it's a very personal issue yeah. so I can really understand that and I respect the both of you for going through this I mean this is just a horrific circumstance in the media and I hope it's just a f- reflection of COVID-19 and maybe Channel 10 will be able to you know, regain some of that employment and bring some of these amazing people back into the network. It's never the same. They move on to other things, you know. Um, The thing I wanted to say about Tim Bailey and the reason I... uh, I think he's a huge loss, 
but he's not really a name outside of Sydney. So if you're doing a national weather forecast, does Tim Bailey fit that um, profile? And that's the question. When, sorry. Uh, yeah, OK. That, so that means we should never cast people who aren't known to the national audience no, um, ever again. Why would you not introduce him to a national audience? I, I'm, sorry, I, 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 I promise. I can't make those decisions. And uh, I just know that this is really hard. And, you know, I'm seeing people that I've worked really closely with, except for Kerry-Ann Kennelly, who I've only met on a handful of occasions, you know, I put Tash in the Studio 10 chair. I was the one who decided to have her fill in for Sarah whenever Sarah was away. Joe Hill, um, Joe Hildebrand, Joe Hill, sorry, it's because I abbreviated his name. Joe Hildebrand was with us on episode one. We launched that show together. This yeah, is devastating I, yeah. for me to witness this all going down. And, uh, you know, I think when Joe leaves Studio 10, if that does indeed transpire, that's going to rip the heart out of the show. You know, like it's... it's and it's, I, I, yeah... I think Ben's right. I think I'm. It's not coffee. It's passion, and it's sadness. And yeah. you know, I. I can understand that. I, I still have such a strong defence mechanism for that show and for that network, and for the people who I worked with for many, many years. So I guess that that's my fault, Robin. I want to apologise to Robin, Ben. I have talked a lot. I've talked over you, and I think that's really bad. It's just it, we honestly, all have our so days it, when we get passionate, and I have it's no just problem a sad with passion. Thing. Yeah, it's just a sad thing for today. Mm, it really is. Um, and, and we haven't even had time to process it because it's literally happening while we're on air. You know, like it yeah, literally it happened 10 yeah. minutes before we came on air. So we are processing it as we deal with it. And uh, yeah. sometimes, you know, like there's no filter when you're, you're hearing these things for the... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot... We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. First time, but look, let's move on. They're the big developments. I think we've pretty much covered that now. But as I said, we, we promised you that if there were more developments, we would bring, come back to it, which is what we will do. All right, look, shocking footage has emerged of a Melbourne police officer strangling a woman who refused to wear a face mask. She was in breach of public health orders and police do have the power in this situation to issue infringements. But let's have a look at how this went down and a warning, this video may be confronting to some viewers. Get off of me! Witnesses allege that the pair were arguing before she resisted the officer's attempt to grab her arm, which then escalated the situation into what we just saw. Ben, you know, it is mandatory that people wear masks and obey the law. So when they don't, are these scenes acceptable or did the officer go too far? Look, just being able to cut in when we did, and I know that's the only footage that we've got. I know we haven't uh, bookended it or, we, or clipped yeah. it in any way, and we never would. I completely understand that. But I am always a little bit concerned when I am just entering into a video at the very height 
of its most severity. Sure. And I think in that particular scenario, it was brutal to watch. I mean, I did see it earlier this morning and I really struggled to rewatch it then. Uh, I will have to say that I think in this particular time, while things are very dangerous and that police officer to me looked like he was obviously in a bit of distress. So I don't necessarily know why he was using as much force as he was, but I will have the faith in the police and, and honestly think that he was trying to do the right thing. Look, Robbo, when you're resisting arrest and, you know, like you're, you're come, you know, trying to get away from a police officer or even attacking them, the force does have to be used, doesn't it? Of course it does. And this, you know what, Rob and Ben, this, this devalues what has happened to George Floyd and so many other people who have been incarcerated across the world and have died in custody. This kind of yes. arrogant, uh, selfish... Uh, you know, kind of display is disgusting. And if you think that you're part of the movement that, um, you know, that helps George Floyd, helps his family, helps the cause, Black Lives Matter, all that kind of thing, uh, this doesn't help. It, you're just arrogant. It reminds me of that stupid woman with that stupid hat uh, in Melbourne who laughed. I'm not going to say her name. I know her name, but I'm not going to say it. Uh, where she, you know, had a got police officers trying to ask her directions and she laughed all the way through it. Mm -hmm. Piss off, mate. She eventually got her car window smashed and uh, was arrested. This isn't helping. How dare you? Move on. You know what? I... <sighs> Look, yes, I'll agree that I'm a white male um, so that if I got pulled over by the police or stopped by the police, I, I, I don't have this kind of possible generational and, you know, racist kind of feeling in my heart that I'm being pulled over. However, she didn't either. She was a white woman. Um, whether that's good or bad, I'm not making a comment on that. But what I'm saying to you is that um, if, if police stopped me and I did, wasn't wearing a mask, I'd either try and joke my way or try and, you know, talk. It just, I, I would not go on like this. Who are you helping here? Because all you're doing is being selfish to people who are wearing masks. You're being selfish to people who are in lockdown uh, and you're being a stupid little idiot. That's all you're doing. You're not making a stand. You're making it hard for police. And I don't think police are always right. But in this case, I really would just say what you're doing, wear the bloody mask or piss off. You've used that word twice today, Robbo. Pretty crank. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I tell you what, what Sorry, we're going to do... Sorry, these are good topics. Uh, it, we've had, we, it's been a big uh, start to the episode with Hot Topics. We are going to come back to our hot button issues, but for now, in a moment, we're going to talk to... Believe it or not, he was once known as the Poo, Mark Philippousis. He's coming up. Oh, yeah. He was eliminated from That's The scum. Masked Singer. <laughs> last night on Channel 10. Uh, but for now, let's get the very latest news headlines. And for that, today we're going to Alana McLean. Alana McLean with the latest headlines from the Ticker Newsroom. The New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian says her state is on a knife's edge. 22 new COVID-19 cases have been recorded today as the school cluster continues to grow. Meanwhile, Victoria is recording 19 more deaths today in another horror day. The slightly good news, though, is that case numbers are down with only 331 new cases recorded. US President Donald Trump says a person has been shot outside the White House, forcing Secret Service agents to escort him from the press briefing room. Trump said he understood the person was shot, was armed and was taken to hospital. No one else was injured. The White House has been put on lockdown. And federal authorities are failing to prepare for, manage and investigate the deadly spread of coronavirus through nursing homes, according to evidence that's being presented to the Aged Care Commission. More than 70% of cases in Australia have been from residential aged care, one of the world's highest percentages.
And it appears Melbourne's hotel quarantine debacle isn't over yet. News Corp reporting fresh revelations that more than two hotels are battling major problems with security, infection control and tensions between medical staff, police and government officials. The travel industry doesn't seem like it will be able to cut a break anytime soon. New data revealing a worrying picture of the state of the industry. An estimated $10 billion in holiday bookings have been cancelled, with consumer bodies copying thousands of complaints from angry would-be holiday makers. To the world of tech now, and Microsoft has found itself in a tricky situation. The software development company is facing complex challenges in its bid to take over the US division of TikTok. The company will have to put together a complex plan to safeguard users' data, with the app set to be banned in America if there's no deal struck by September 15. And overseas, Lebanon's entire government is resigning amid fury over the Beirut blast last week. The nation's Prime Minister has blamed decades of systematic corruption. And it turns out Disney doesn't give a fox about this iconic logo scene. The entertainment giant is removing the iconic fox with the company set to be called 20th Television instead. It follows Disney's recent acquisition of the brand. For a check of the weather in Melbourne, a very cool but sunny top of 16 degrees. A few clouds around in Sydney, slightly warmer, heading for a top of 18. Brisbane, an overcast afternoon ahead, a max of 23. Perth, a very cool and cloudy day, a top of 17, and Adelaide, a storm morning with a max of 15. You're up to date, and now it's back to you guys on the Ben, Rob and Robbo show. Oh, Alana, God love you, and I'm sure Ben will be looking forward to seeing you tomorrow morning at 8am uh, on Ticker Jumpstart. And look, despite Channel 10 making headlines today, one of the biggest TV hits of 2019 returned to our screens last night, and it didn't fail to disappoint, and it was on Channel 10. The Masked Singer launched with a bang with the first celebrity revealed. Take a look at what happened. Love comes down with... I gotta have faith. Ooh, <laughs> Whoa, I gotta have faith. Cause I gotta have faith, the faith, the faith. I gotta have faith, the faith, the faith. <laughs> <laughs> what a moment. <laughs> what a moment. And tennis legend Mark Filipousis joins us now. Mark, welcome to the Ben Robin Robbo Show. Good morning. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Mate, we've all done a bit of karaoke, but this is taking it to a whole new level. Did you enjoy the experience? I did. I did. Look, it was incredibly stressful, but I did enjoy the experience. It was, it was a fantastic experience. Very, very different, obviously, way out of my comfort zone. But I, um, I got a chance to be a rock star for the day and, uh, and I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Mate, there were two things here. On the tennis, uh, I want to say field, that's how sporty I am. You own it and you are so confident. Were you a little nervous doing this? A little. I was so <laughs> nervous. Are you kidding me? I was, that, that helmet, that the mask came off and sweat just poured out of that thing. I was under the lights and when, when the music starts and just being out of, like, as I mentioned, out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, you know, oxygen is what you need. And then underneath that mask, there's not all of oxygen coming in. And man, it was very, very nerve wracking. And what did you think when Jackie O picked you like straight away? 
You know what it was? It was at one stage they had no idea, and someone mentioned because of the DJ, the, the five rings the DJ got to do with, um, I would imagine, the Olympics, obviously. But someone said the word tennis, and as soon as someone said the word tennis, it completely changed everything. Yeah. Um, and then they started putting our names, and then and then everything completely changed. And then I knew I was done as soon as they said. <laughs> but before that, they had no idea. Well, this is a crazy and brilliant show. Why did you choose yeah. this one over all the other celebrity reality TV shows out there? Um, yeah, I, um, you know, there's no secret that I did something uh, a long time ago. Um, no, and, that is uh, not a secret. Was, <laughs> no, and 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 that, that, that scarred me for life for anything to do with TV again. I've been asked to do lots of things straight after that, and, and I had zero interest. Um, uh, and um, I think, like I said, I think probably scarred me for other things that might be fun. But this once um, someone presented it to me, and then doing some research and seeing what it was about, and, and just seeing how cool it was, um, I, I really wanted to push myself and get out of the, my comfort zone and I felt like this was a perfect place to do it because number one um, who doesn't like to sing I mean uh, <laughs> I, I'm, God knows I'm no singer I do like to sing in, in the car and I love you. music <laughs> and and so this was a chance where no one could um, judge you straight away before even opening your mouth because of who you are I got a chance to listen to you and, and then mm. and, and it's a great show and a fun show and especially during some tough times I think it's a perfect time for something like this now, Mark, we all know you have to keep it a secret that uh, you are one of these masked singers, but I wanted to know, as soon as they revealed you, knowing that you're a father, did you tell your kids that you were going to be on the show? I didn't say. The only person who knew was my wife, um, and it was important for her to know because a lot of times when I couldn't be home and... Uh, you know, I didn't want to just say I'm going for another meeting. <laughs> it started looking <laughs> sketchy. So uh, um, so she knew, and then we watched it together as a family, and the kids were watching, and it was an awesome show for kids to watch because the costumes are so amazing. Um, and then when I took the mask off, my little one, Maya, who turns two tomorrow, she goes, Daddy! And then my son, Nicholas, who's six, oh. was just looking at me and just looking at me, but then just kind of with awe, and it was the most beautiful thing. And then my wife said last night, because she was putting to sleep, that she goes, Mommy, I have the coolest dad in the world. So uh, that thing just uh, melted me. And, and just for that reason alone, I know I made the right decision of doing a show like that. Well, full credit to you and your relationship, so no disrespect, but, you know, back in the day, you were a bit of a ladies' man. So I want to ask you this question. Is there any chance that you may have dated any of the other masked singers? Because I reckon if you'd heard their voice, you might have an idea. According I mean, you, to media, Paris Hilton? <laughs> I don't know. According to media, you know, I probably dated 90% of them, maybe, you know. <laughs> Male or female, it wouldn't even matter, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Do you know, oh, do you know Mark, brilliant. what I want to ask is that um, we all grow as people. We um, make mistakes. You were a champion on the tennis field, but you had a bit of a rock, uh, a reputation, a rock star reputation off the field, um, off the court, I should say, as I said, sport. Um, do you, what do you think when you look back on that young man? Is there any advice you'd give him? No, because, look, it's so easy to look back now after we go through some things and, and look at life differently. But, man, I'm a kid knowing nothing about life, trying to live life um, as a human being and as a teenager, number one, or as a young guy, 
um, let alone when you're in the spotlight of a sport like tennis. And and you you're making decisions, and, and you mentioned the word wrong uh, mistakes. I don't think they're mistakes. They're just decisions. As long as you don't hurt anybody, which I never did, I made decisions that you uh, during that time you do, and that end up becoming a blessing because it makes you grow and become the, the person you are later on in life. And and I'm in an incredible place in my life, and I'm very blessed where I am in my life, and with my wife and my kids that are with who um with me and, and and everyone's healthy so um it's just man you, you, you're just like everybody else trying to go my way and, and and working out who i am as a person and then and then trying to make sense of it all as far as being thrown in the spotlight at the same time look uh it's really well, interesting know- because you have uh, what I love about you is you've spoken previously about periods where you have been very depressed and reclusive, especially during your financial hardships. Do you think mental health is something we need to address more in sport? Oh, God, not not just in sport. Um, full stop, you know. I'm glad I went through all those things. Um, and it was very difficult at the time, of course, um, but it made me the person I am. And, and I'm in a stronger position now as a person a human being and financially that it ever was. So I'm blessed, you know, because you learn. You learn right. through those decisions. And, and, and like, as I mentioned, they're not mistakes. But if you do them, if you make the same one again, you know, if, you, know, if you fall over, trip yourself over a, a branch, you didn't know it was there, it's fine. But if you could do that the second time, it's like, okay, you know, you're an idiot. You knew it was there and it's your fault now, you know. so. <laughs> well, but, that's the um, difference between us. I've made plenty of mistakes. So, you know. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. It's easy to be hard on yourself. But as I mentioned, it's more importantly, you, know, you don't hurt anyone. That's the most important thing. And, um, yeah, man, you, you know, it, 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 it is what it is, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, Mark, I always would say the thing that your relatability with the Australian public has always come down to the fact that I think you are quite raw and I think you're quite honest and I think that that has always been the magic. I'm hoping that we get to see more of you. And then last night when they were saying, take it off, take it off, I was hoping that you'd take more off because you're a good-looking <laughs> 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 Thank you. Yeah, was, yeah, like I said, I was sweating, so I would be glad to do that. But, but again, sorry, going back to the health thing immensely, um, as you mentioned, with what's going on right now, with, with what we're hearing, especially in Victoria, uh, of, of these numbers of deaths every day you're hearing about is, is, is brutal and heartbreaking. Mm. But you, what you pressed on and you mentioned is something that no one's talking about more in the media is, is what is happening to the people that, that are, are, are being, you know, quarantined in their homes yeah. and, and depression and, and, and you know, uh, you know, as far as, you know, physical violence right now or, or, or um, you know, depression is, is very scary. That's even scarier than, than the COVID-19 numbers and no one's talking about that. But look, mm-hmm. we're in a tough situation right now, um, unprecedented. Like, we're all trying to find our way and we're only learning as we go along and, and um, we're just trying to do the best we can, you know, in this situation and then trying to make the best decisions we possibly can for ourselves and our families. Well, mate, you are an impressive bloke and I really appreciate you coming on the show today. You raise a very good point about the mental health struggles of people dealing with COVID-19 and it is a, it is a discussion we need to have more of and resources need to go into that. Mate, thanks on a happier note for being on the Ben Robin Robbo Show today. We've really appreciated it. Thank you, guys. I had an amazing time. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. <laughs> 
It's the random life shot of the day. Where are you going today? You never know where you'll end up with the random life shot of the day. And today we're taking you to South Korea. The forecast is for thunderstorms, 25 degrees to 29 degrees. Feel of a stormy day and it's been a stormy reaction to some of our hot topics here today as we go into our feedback. And as you can imagine, the news of redundancies at Channel 10 is making a lot of, uh, generating a lot of discussion. And National News says Georgina Lewis is a brilliant newsreader and a top journal. 20 plus years at 10, a tremendous loss to 10 News First Queensland. Georgina Lewis is the presenter up in Ch at Channel 10 in Queensland. We've also got this one from uh, Reggie, uh, Reggie, the Big Brother winner from 2003, who is actually joining us as a fifth panellist tomorrow. Um, it, she says, yeah. wow, that's crazy. Channel 10, why are they cutting back? Costa says, another shattering day for Australian journalism. Mary says, any job losses are terrible, but media especially affects everyone. Jamie says... Tough year all around for restructures, redundancies in all industries. And that is certainly true, Jamie. Uh, yep. Reggie says, Robbo is on fire. Philip says, Benjamin, now's Sorry. your chance to tell Robbo for looking down at his phone all the time, which I certainly <laughs> was doing, but I That's legitimately was looking at breaking news. Um, Glenn says, wow, Tim Bailey has been around since Good Morning Australia in the 80s. Mary says, uh, so when are the three of you putting this show onto TV? Yes, please. Uh, you never know your luck in the big city, Mary, but you can watch it right here. You've got us. Enjoy us. But I appreciate it. Uh, Jamie says, announcing a new Logie Award for the category of best facial expressions in media for a television or streaming service. And the winner is... Benjamin! <laughs> Kylie says, devastated about Tim. His daily Bailey reports are a constant source of joy. His enthusiasm is contagious and he will be so missed in our lounge room. Um, all right, there, there is one more. I'll just go up a bit and get this one from Malcolm Blunt. Wow, Robbo really does have lots to say today. It's so great to see. Sorry, Malcolm. Well, Sorry, thank Malcolm. you. I, I don't think he wants you to apologise. I think he's actually enjoying it. <laughs> um, so there's no problems with that, Robbo. Look, a woman has won over $3 million from her dad's will, but to say that it had a rocky relationship with her father would be an understatement. In 1999, Jessica Joss threatened to kill her father with a crossbow because he refused to pay for her gender reassignment surgery and said he would cut her off if she went through with it. After this, she was admitted as an involuntary patient to a psychiatric facility. Robbo, given the history of, with the father and daughter, should she have any rights to the money? No, no, she shouldn't. Like, I'm all for trans issues. I'm all for, you know, everyone getting a go and things like that. But no, he, he had made, whether right or wrong, whether I agree with it or not, which I don't agree with it, but... He made the decision. It's his money. That's his beliefs. I think we go down a pretty dodgy road if we start just completely cancelling people who we don't agree with. Now, I believe that um, that uh, he has the right to dictate where his money goes after he dies. Uh, it, it is sad, of course, uh, for her, but that, that's just the way it is, and I think it's very, very bad to start cancelling people we don't like. Look, the thing is, Ben, when does a will mean a will? You know, um, 
I, I, like Robbo, I disagree with the issues this father had, but sure. he worked for that money. He earned that money. It is up to him where it goes, isn't it? I, it does my head in why people think they have the right to overturn wills, but worst of all, we let it happen. Well, look, I think we have to always remind ourselves that different situations mean different results and, you know, you can't necessarily talk about all wills uh, in the same tone. But I will say from my own experience, and that is that, you know, when it comes to what we believe in our own mind, what we're owed by people who have passed away, that, dis that confusion can really happen for people and people get really disappointed. In actual fact, people really do change when it comes down to money. And so I think that yeah. when it comes to wills, you know, people need to that, have yeah. a little bit more respect for the decisions yeah. that were made by the deceased. And like when it comes down to it, all the other little effects and all of the other little parts of the story that may stack up or may be relevant, it kind of is a little bit redundant. You know, we kind yeah. of need to just be respectful. I agree with that, Ben. Respect really is a, a, a very great virtue. I just think I... Um, I'm over this sense of entitlement. You know, like, when I die, I want to decide what I do with my money. Oh, actually, I want Amanda to decide what we do with our money. Um, so... Nice save there. And, and what little we have left of it. Uh... <laughs> but uh, I don't want my kids deciding that they're going to change what I've decided. You know, I'm, a, I'm an adult. I can make decisions. You know, it really yeah. it, it does bug me. Um, look, let's move on. And can nostalgia... Oh, sorry, Lifeline. Very good point, Amanda. Thank you very much. If this has brought up any issues for you, don't forget Lifeline on 13114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Good services to use. Look, can nostalgia actually change the flavour of something? According to doctors, it can. There are strong links between smell, an important component of flavour, and the memory and emotion centres of our brains. Some brands are even using nostalgia as a marketing ploy. Like last year, KFC embraced its full historical name, Kentucky Fried Chicken. McCain's has relaunched their potato smiles. There's the KFC bucket, as you remember. Um... And last November, McDonald's re-released classic Happy Meal toys from 1989. Wow. What the? I loved those toys. I didn't know this. I didn't know I this either. Loved I love this. But oh, it must some, be in America. Are some things better left in the past? Good Food has listed the eight foods better left remembered and experienced, and they include the Chico Roll. So they're saying that we shouldn't have these Chico rolls anymore because the flavour is terrible, that we don't live up to them. I've never had a Chico roll. Well, can they're I disgusting. say, I, I've always known Chico roll as being, the, the, the term being it's uh, vomit in a sleeping bag. That's my understanding of Chico roll. That's, oh, I, I've heard that name many, many times. The, now that everyone's ragging on the Chico rolls, I will say this, and that is that they've saved many many, many people with a hangover. Apparently, they are <laughs> the ultimate hangover cure, and I refuse to believe that either of you have not had a Chico roll, considering the amount of hangovers you both have had. I, I, I promise I've you... never had one. No, the only time one. I ever had one was for a story when we went to Wagga, where they were invented, and I bit one bite, yeah. and for the camera, I was like, mmm. And then if we only had the camera tapes, uh, the moment... The cameraman said, yep, stop. Yeah, it was. It was. All right. Nice. We want to get to entertainment because Ben doesn't want to miss entertainment oh. again. Let's go through them. Buffalo Bill. 
<gasps> Love it. No, you can't. No. Although, that's a brilliant don't, isn't there controversy that the new ones don't have the actual bubble gum? No, it, it's it's the tub of ice cream that comes oh, well, in a tub now that they've they've missed the buffalo bill. But the, the, sorry, bubble bill. But that's the thing. When you get a bubble bill, you want to eat that kind of what I can only describe as wet, uh, wet, <laughs> soggy, wet chewing gum. Soggy, uh, wet also, chewing gum. Yeah. We've also got fairy bread, an Australian classic. Um, well, the yeah. wagon wheel. Oh, no, Wagon Wheel's great. I, I think our producer, Abby, loves Wagon Wheel, And I here's an embarrassing one for me. Bega Stringers, we still feed these to our kids. I don't know what's no, wrong with them. No, you do. The amount that's of time that I've stolen dream. those out of your fridge when I've been staying there, I can't get uh, enough oh, of the Stringers. That's what he has instead of uh, Chico Rolls for his hangover. <laughs> oh, jeez, disgusting. That's not a great hangover cure. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's right, not really look, cheese, though. That's the thing. Look, uh, we want a hit of entertainment, Ben, so let's go to you for the entertainment report. Which Aussie star has landed himself in huge trouble this time? Well, the star of Australian screen who has been seen on countless films and TV shows, often playing the relatable male larrikin, was arrested at Waverley Police Station on Saturday following an incident involving his wife of six years. Now, New South Wales Police also took out a provision apprehension violence order against Dan Wiley, offer, uh, ordering him not to assault, threaten, stalk or harass his wife or even destroy any property or damage, you know, any of their mutual property as well. Look, when it comes down to it, a lot of people may not know this, but he has been married to Shannon Murphy. Now, Shannon Murphy is a director, an Australian lady, at, but she has a latest film out at the moment, which Joe Casamento reviewed last week, which was Baby Teeth. She's also been directing American TV shows such as Killing Eve. So, look, the marriage between the two of them has been six years long, and it does look like it's hit a pretty rough time there. I actually think when it comes to domestic violence like this, if he is incriminated and he is guilty of this, this would be, this would be and probably rightfully so, the end of Dan Wiley's career. It would be. Of course, we let, have to let the courts run their course and see what happens and uh, give him the presumption of innocence. Um, that's what our court system is for. So we will watch this one. Uh, interestingly, it's a bad look, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and absolutely. I want to talk about very quickly one of my favourite judges of all time, Simon Cowell. He's broken something. What is it, Ben? Well, he's broken his back. Well, oh, well, he's nearly broken his back. I will say, yeah, yeah. he's actually shattered his uh, back after having a bicycle incident. Uh, his, Simon Cowell was actually training for a marathon. Apparently, it was a 60-kilometer marathon that he was training for, and he took a tumble off the back of his bike. And uh, looks wow. like he's going to be out of action for quite some time. Now, what everyone is talking about in regards to this is whether or not he will fulfill his ongoing commitments with America's Got Talent, which is currently on TV at the moment. They still haven't filmed the back end of that show, so whether or not Simon Cow will be a part of it is yet to be seen. Well, there's a bit of yeah. breaking news on that one, Ben. Um, Kelly Clarkson is going to step into the role for a little bit until uh, okay. he comes back or is good. So, uh, yeah, a bit of entertainment breaking news there. But let me ask you this one. Um, we know that uh, the Bachelor in Paradise guy, <laughs> what's the dorky one that had the bad edit? What's his name? Oh, Jamie um, Hanley. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. Oh, no, Jamie. All right. Yeah, so he, we know that he's taking Channel 10 to court, but another contestant has come back saying he doesn't really have a chance in hell. What's going on there? 
Well, when it comes to Tim Hanley, I'm not necessarily too sure whether or not I believe everything he says. I mean, a lot of these reality TV contestants that have just been in The Bachelor in Paradise, it looked like they were kind of there for a bit of attention. Uh, they're a bit of attention-seeking there. Look, when it comes to Tim and Kieran, they're actually... Kieran? Kieran. Uh, they've actually been saying that they were given the villain edit and they are actually taking Channel 10 to task over this as well, saying that they were portrayed negatively. You know, what's interesting about this situation with these contestants going on The Bachelor in Paradise is that, yes, they may get given the villain edit and this may make them look bad, but you know what? Is it affecting their ability to sell things on Instagram? I don't know. <laughs> 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 All right, Ben. I mean, if they were put out of work, I'd understand. <laughs> <laughs> one last one. Angelina Jolie, she's... She, what's going on with her and the divorce? Well, I tell you what, this court case is not going away anytime soon. And that has it actually has been rolling for the last two years now. So, look, Angelina Jolie has asked that the private judge overseeing her divorce from Brad Pitt be disqualified from the case because of insufficient disclosure of his business relationship with one of Pitt's attorneys. Look, when it comes down to it, Angelina Jolie has always been known to be quite the prickly character, but also very intelligent. So I would say that she is going through every trick in the book to make sure that this court case goes in her favour. But look, in a filing in Los Angeles Superior Court, Jolie argues that Judge uh, John W. Orican Kirk should be taken off the divorce case as she filed in 2016. Oh, wow, this has been going on four years. I thought it was two. But anyway, look, they're saying that uh, this has been going on for too long and she's trying to get him off the case. So who knows what's going to happen? All I can say is that think of the children. Think of the children. <laughs> well, it's no doubt Angelina Jolie hasn't been happy with the way her public perception has been going during this uh Divorce. She's played every trick in the book, but Hollywood has still rallied around Brad Pitt. And we, when he got that uh, standing ovation, I can't remember if it was at the Oscars or the Emmys, she was, was furious because she's like, but I, I've made him look so bad. And they, like, gave him that standing ovation and she can't understand why they've come... Because they're seeing through the trick she does. She does it time well, and time Charlie again. The problem with Angelina Jolie, though, is that, yes, this was a longer relationship for her, but as we would be aware, she has dated and been in relationships with all of her co-stars leading up to Brad Pitt. Uh, so, like, I could list ah. them all. Uh, but I would say that every single one of those situations ended really badly. And yes. I think Hollywood, whilst they do respect her talent and she's a brilliant director, writer, actress, I think they're very tired of her antics that happen behind closed doors. And when it comes to these celebrities, do we really care? Okay. <laughs> well, we do. We've just spent ten minutes talking We love your entertainment report, Ben. That's why I was so keen to get to it. Hey, thank you for joining us on what has been a huge, huge day on the Ben Robin Robert Show. Tomorrow, Big Brother winner Reggie Sorensen is right here as Woo! our co-host. She will be joining us for the entire program. Let us take a vote. Do you want it to have alcohol or not? Because if we give it the alcohol, who knows what will happen. Oh, oh. And on Thursday, Grant Denyer is joining us. It's yeah. a huge oh, week wow. and Big lots star. of breaking news. We will see you tomorrow at 1 o'clock as we stream live across the country and the world on the Ben Robin Robber Show. Goodbye. It's a Ben Robin Robber Ben Robin Show.
put that up there for you just so you could pad if you needed to. Uh, no, I appreciate it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.